Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Daniel Wexelman with Maria Guardado, who covers the Angels for MLB.com. Maria, happy Wednesday. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Danny? I'm doing good. It's a big day in the baseball world, the Hall of Fame. All those elections are announced. All the guys who have been waiting to find out if they're getting in are going to know very soon, just a couple of hours. By the time this podcast comes out, we'll already know who's in it. And we're going to talk a little bit about Hall of Fame. But first, I think that we have to start out with Mike Trout. And it's only fair because this guy has gotten more attention about his affinity for the Eagles than anything I've ever seen in the offseason as far as mixing sports go. And I love it. I think he had his own press conference over the phone because so many people were interested in knowing about his love for the Eagles, right? Yeah, the you know, after the, the Eagles won the NFC Championship game and kind of, you know, earned the berth in the Super Bowl, I guess the, the Angels were just kind of flooded with media requests, uh, you know, for Trout. Uh, so they ended up arranging that conference call with him uh, yesterday. And, you know, a lot of people called in and, uh, you know, heard him talk about his love for the Eagles for about 20 minutes. So it was great. <laughs> that's like, I feel like that's really lucky to not only be one of baseball's best, but then to be asked about your favorite team and just get to talk about them. I heard that he may not go to the actual Super Bowl. He likes to watch the commercials. Yeah, he, he said that he's undecided um, <laughs> because, you know, as you mentioned, he kind of likes being at home with his, you know, his family and his, his wife and then, you know, watching the commercials like all of us. So, um, you know, there's definitely some relatability there. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out in two weeks what he decides. Uh, but let's stay in the outfield, Maria. You wrote about how the Angels boast the best trio in baseball. And I want to focus on Cole Calhoun, who's the least known name, I think, in that group. But it shouldn't be, right? Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, Calhoun's been a guy who's kind of been underrated, I would say, for probably his entire career. I mean, he wasn't really considered a prospect when, when he was kind of coming up in the Angels system, but um, he's been a, he's been a, an above-average outfielder for the Angels for, you know, basically since he's, he's broken into the majors. Um, you know, he's he's known for a lot for his defense. He has a really strong arm. He won a gold glove for the Angels in right field in 2015 and was a finalist once again this past season. Um, and he's been pretty steady with the, with the bat. Uh, and, you know, and he, I think he's going to be kind of an important component of this lineup heading into the season because he is one of the few left-handed bats that the Angels kind of have uh, in their everyday order. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he, he's definitely been one of the, the kind of, you know, 
pieces that the Angels have kind of put in place to build around uh, Mike Trout. Um, so, you know, he's been a valuable member of this organization, and he's uh, and he's still under contract, I believe, until about 2020. So he kind of figures to be in the outfield mix for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, I mean, I think that he, he probably isn't going to get as much attention as Mike Trout or Justin Upton, but, you know, I think that he's definitely going to be a really valuable contributor for this team um, this season and beyond. Let's switch gears a little bit, Maria, and let's spotlight Vladimir Guerrero and his Hall of Fame run since the announcement is today, Wednesday, while we're recording. I talked to Richard Justice earlier this week about his impact on the Rangers, but I want to hear from you, and I know you weren't there to cover him during that time, but from what you've gathered with your time with the Angels, what impact did he have on the club? I think he was a really big part of, of the Angels' success that they had, you know, uh, kind of in the, the first half of the 2000s, you know, when, when he kind of showed up uh, in, 24, in 2004, I believe, was his first season in Anaheim, uh, you know, he, the Angels made the playoffs and it kind of sparked um, a run where they ended up capturing the AOS title, I think, in five of the six seasons that he was in Anaheim. And he ended up uh, winning the, the, AL, the AL MVP award in 20, 20, 2004. Um, so I think that just kind of shows, you know, the kind of impact that he had when he kind of came to Anaheim. Um, and was able to kind of make a really big difference for this team. Um, you know, I think Mike Sosha speaks very fondly of, of him and, and his mother as well, who frequently made kind of meals for the entire team and kind of endeared uh, herself to everyone uh, with her rice and beans and everything like that. Um, so I think that he ended up being a, a really unique and uh, memorable personality, uh, you know, to come in, through this franchise Um and the, the Angels actually inducted him into their own, like, organizational Hall of Fame um, in August. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see um, what cap uh, Vladimir Guerrero ends up going into the Hall of Fame with because the Angels are actually one of the teams that have that have no, no player has ever gone into the Hall of Fame with an Angels cap. So Guerrero could be the first if he chooses to do so, although it's also possible that he could go in with an Expos cap since that was – um, his original team and, you know, was kind of the, the, the club that he ended up spending most of his career with. So, um, yeah, I think he'll, he'll have an interesting decision ahead. And, um, you know, I think the Angels are kind of hopeful and optimistic that, you know, he'll end up going in with an Angels hat. But, you know, we'll see. All right. Sounds good. I know everyone's anticipating and excited about this announcement. We'll be talking about it next week, I'm sure. I'd also like to spotlight a prospect. Number five in the Angels system and the number 10 first base prospect. I get tripped up saying that. He's the number 10 as far as first base prospects go, Matt Theis. And he's lacking a little consistency, Maria, but the Angels seem hopeful, and he's transitioned from catcher to first base. So why should Angels fans be excited about Matt Theis? Yeah, so um, Matt Theis was kind of the, the first prospect uh, drafted um, under the Billy Epler regime um, back in 2016. And, um, you know, out of the University of Virginia, where he was actually a catcher, and then he ended up uh, transitioning to first base um, because of some throwing issues. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he, he kind of was known as, as one of the best hitters in his, in his college class. Um, and I think that he's kind of shown that, uh, you know, as he's kind of worked his way up in the minors, um, he's kind of shown an ability to hit for for average and with some power that I think the, the Angels are still hoping that he'll be able to develop. Um, and he's also shown like a, you know, pretty good plate discipline. Um, so I think that those are kind of some qualities that the, that the Angels are kind of excited about. Um, he ended up reaching double A 
um, last season, and that's probably where he'll open up the, the year in 2018. So um, I'm curious to see, you know, where he's going to sit with this team um, over the long run. You know, I, I could see him kind of breaking into the majors by 2019. Okay. Um, but Daniels also have a bit of a, a logjam at first base as it stands with, with right. CJ Crone and kind of Albert Pujols all under contract. Uh, so, um, you know, you know, we'll see where, where Thice ends up, um, you know, fitting in, you know, whether it be with this team or, or somewhere else. But, yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on and one of the more promising talents in, in the Angels' farm system right now. Let's move on to shortstops. And all across MLB.com, our writers are spotlighting some of the best in the game. And Angelton Simmons has obviously proven his prowess at the position. But on top of that, put together his best offensive season to date. He earned a few MVP votes from his 2017 campaign, and the Angels have also kind of beefed up that infield, adding Ian Kinsler and Zach Cozart. So when Simmons needs a day off, ideally, Maria, Zach Cozart can just slide right in. But that's not a luxury that every team has. Zach Cozart is under the radar good. He's a he's a good athlete. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, like you said, it's definitely a luxury that, that most teams don't have to basically have two shortstops um, in their infield with Cozart now moving over to third base. Um, I think it is going to be interesting to see how, how he kind of handles that transition since he's never played third base in the majors, but, you know, he said he's been kind of speaking with a lot of former third baseman like Eric, Eric Chavez, who's currently um, works within the Angels front office and Scott Rowland, who of course is one of the best defensive third basemen of all time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I kind of expect him to, to handle that transition pretty pretty easily, just given his background at shortstop. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the angle in field, I think, is going to be really, really fun to watch uh, this season, uh, you know, with Simmons kind of kind of being the field general in the middle of everything, and then, you know, Kinsler and, and Kozart doing their thing as well. Absolutely. And let's let's stay on the topic of Cozart because I really can't get enough of him as a player and as a person. And I, I'm just personally really excited to see how this guy does. But he's sliding over to third base. And Maria, he's not only offered to switch positions once, moving to second, but a second time when Ian Kinsler was added to third base. And what I think is impressive is a guy who knows that he just wants to play. He's willing to go anywhere. Billy Epler had to call him a second time and say, hey, man, sorry, we just got Kinsler. We've got to move you again. Is that okay? And that, for me, that is a clutch, intangible-type quality that he brings to the table. you agree? Definitely. And I think that, you know, Billy Epler kind of cited that that character component um, as kind of, you know, reaffirming that the Angels had, had you know, really targeted the right player. Um, you know, just the fact that he was indeed willing to, to play two different positions, um, you know, in conversations with his team. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it's always good when you have guys who are kind of uh, that team, have that team first mentality um, in the clubhouse. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that he's going to be a really good addition to this team, um, both from the, the, the character side and, and from obviously the performance side. All right, Maria, any uh, any other updates we need to know about? Any Otani updates that are going on before I let you go? Um, not that I can, none that I can really think of off the top of my head. I mean, Billy Upler traveled to Japan earlier this month uh, to kind of meet with, with Otani and his family and also with um, members of, of his former Japanese club, yeah. the Nipponham Fighters. Um, so, you know, the purpose of that trip was just kind of uh, for the angels and their medical staff to kind of get a better sense of, you know, how to manage Otani's workload, how to kind of get the best of him as both a pitcher and a hitter. So, you know, I think that all those conversations and all the information that they kind of were able to cull from 
and those meetings will kind of go into their ultimate uh, two-way plan that they're going to set up for, for Otani during spring training. So, you know, I think that, that kind of the groundwork is being laid for, for Otani to, to kind of, you know, have kind of a smooth transition to the majors. So uh, I think those are some of the things that, that have been going on and that, and that the Angels front office has kind of been working on. All right. Well, 20 days as of today, Wednesday, uh, let me see, the 24th, January 24th, 20 days until pitchers and catchers report. And if you need your Angels fix, you can go to angels.com and read all of the incredible work. Maria, I know you're working extra hard. So I can't wait to chat with you next week for MLB.com Extras. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm Danny Wexelman with Maria Guardado. Thanks, Maria.